Welcome to the Eyes of Indigo with your infinitely curious hosts, Iris Carter and Margot Ross Sears. Please like, rate, and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. More information available at facebook.com slash eyesofindigo or at iriscarter.com where you will find a link to the Eyes of Indigo podcast. So welcome to any newcomers that are showing up here tonight. And we are grateful you are here. And we are also grateful for our regulars coming back as always. And we expect to have a lot of fun. Um, we, uh, what, what is our tagline is just, uh, has become discussing, discussing weird things in a rational way, yes. <laughs> something like that, but definitely <laughs> always with a sense of humor. As you can see, I'm Margo. This is Iris. And yep. If you're new to our show, you can learn about our backgrounds and where we came from and what our credentials are and all that good stuff. In the very first episode, we call the prequel. Yeah. So feel free to check us out there. And this was Iris's brainchild. And we have been having fun for, what, 26, 27 episodes now? Yeah, this is this is around... 28, 27, 20, 28? Might be 24, 25. I'm not sure. I thought I've we got to go back and count. 26. Somewhere around in there. <laughs> I counted and then I recounted and, uh, yeah. and, and the number won't stick for whatever reason. I don't know. But hello, Daryl. Good to Hi, see Darryl. you back. So, uh, yeah. Awesome. Um, so tonight our program is, uh, what's the best way to describe it? Uh, <laughs> it's acceptance. Uh, yeah. The topic is acceptance versus tolerance. Uh, recognizing another person's differences shapes an identity. How you recognize and react to them. Will you tolerate, accept, or disengage with them? And so, um, yeah, we got, we got, I got some points that we're going to discuss, but anybody who has questions or wants to add comments, we welcome those as well. And yes, we will pop Please them up do. on the screen and read them out so that, um, yeah, <laughs> everybody, Margaret's doing the visual and I'm trying to find the words. We'll get there. Teamwork, baby. Yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> been behooving me lately. So if I, if I, go off on a weird like what is she saying is she speaking aramaic or something probably i don't know <laughs> she's channeling in aramaic we'll go we'll go into interpretation mode <laughs> oh god um so one of the things first of all yeah and, it, and it's like it's this big topic and where do you want to start and and i guess we'll start There's with some, the basic mm -hmm. Yeah, start so, with what, what are they? Yeah, tell us yeah. what they are. Uh, the and tolerance topics. can, yeah, tolerance is more of, um, um, it, it, something's there and you recognize it and you're putting up with it. You know, it's like, ugh, I'm having to tolerate the neighbor's loud music or, um, I can 
barely, I, I have a low tolerance for certain prescription drugs or um, I've got a high tolerance for pain. And when you think of it in those terms, you're putting up with something on a certain level, right? either a little lot. Um, and it's not necessarily an acceptance because it's like, well, if I've got to, I've got to, and it is what it is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it I'm shows not gonna... a level of disdain. Yes. It's still and, smacks and I... of disdain just somewhere vaguely. It's almost yes. ineffable in that word, but tolerance, yeah, has a yeah has a a, a shady a, almost negative connotation, almost not quite. And I was even looking up stuff for this program. I thought, well, I'm gonna find some little quotes and things that we can share. And everyone I read, I mean, even Gandhi and uh. uh the German with the hair, uh, 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 Einstein. <laughs> Thank you. You uh, you earned that one. The German with the hair. If you had said E equals MC squared, we all would have known what you meant. <laughs> I, I've got visuals going on. The words and letters are not coming to me for I'm some reason. I'm thinking about the boxing promoter guy with the same crazy <laughs> hair but a different race don king, don king. <laughs> pretty sure he's not entirely german if at all <laughs> oh god but, 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 yeah anyway. Stein, the guy with the hair and no shoes right. yeah that's what he's known for <laughs> yeah and the chalkboard with the e equals m squared squared yeah uh he these people, they have quotes about tolerance. Yeah. But when I was looking at them, I couldn't even bring myself to save them and share them because I was like, really? You, I don't can you throw can you throw one at us just to give us just one to give um, us a, to give us some context? Yeah, let's and I can see. prattle okay. a little I can prattle a little bit while you're, while you're <laughs> Yeah, no. Albert okay, Einstein. here's one from the are you looking here's, up Albert Einstein? Here's one from the Dalai Lama. Okay, Dalai in the Lama. practice of in the practice of tolerance, one's enemy is the best teacher. That sounds um, like a, that sounds like a translation error to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and then okay, and then the um, although he does speak English, the the German guy with the hair. <laughs> We'll keep we'll keep it that way. In fact, I can I can I'll I'll, I'll do this and that'll make it better. Come on, the star, let's just call them the star paper clip. The star. <laughs> uh, An obscure reference there. Oh wait a minute. Uh, can, I don't know if can you see my screen. Um, no, and it didn't flip for you. White. You're turning pink, purple, and then white again. <laughs> A little oh. green. Okay. All right. Well, forget that then. I won't try to share the screen, but this is supposed to be, all right, we'll stop. This is supposed to be a quote on tolerance, but he says, everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it's stupid. Right. And I like that, that one. I like it, but it doesn't really go. Um, that doesn't 
it doesn't really wrap around the tolerance issue that much. Um, right. It, it does now, here's a little one bit. that's interesting. Kennedy, uh, JFK, tolerance implies no lack of commitment to one's own beliefs. Rather, it condemns the oppression or persecution of others. It condemns the persecution of others. I don't see that with tolerance. It sounds it sounds like the speaker, whether it was actually Kennedy or not, because we've learned not to entirely trust media. Yeah, right away. At, well, and Abraham Lincoln told us not to trust everything the the internet says. So, <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that wrap up. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, it sounds like whoever attributed to that was leaning hard <clears throat> on what we started with, with saying that tolerance has shades of negativity to it, but apparently some people lean hard on that and you can. And, and for Western English speakers, uh, your speech pattern, your inflection, how you say your, how you announce your level of tolerance shows you if you're trying to be, it shows if you're trying to be charitable or if you're really inconvenienced, annoyed, and just about ticked off and very disdainful. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's, uh, we, you know, we tolerate uh, all belief systems and they are warmly welcome here. Or uh, we tolerate that BS when, when we need to, but really not so much. You know, so context. Daryl found, found an interesting quote. Tolerance is giving to every other human being the same rights you claim for yourself. And that's interesting. But that's yeah, that's leaning start, towards the good, the, the light side of that word. Yes. Of that word. Yeah. And so and I guess, too, let me predicate some of this because um, I'll show this and then I'll put up a, a, a thingy later. This book, ooh, there we go. If the church were Christian, and it's by Philip Gully, and I've got a, a little thingy I'll put across the screen in a minute. Banner. I saw him speak <clears throat> at a local church and uh, the local New Garden Friends. Uh, he was there a number of years ago. And it was really the first time that the tolerance versus acceptance came to light. And he said, I'm not giving an exact quote, but he said, basically, when does tolerance become acceptance? When do we move from one to the other? And I had always thought, you know, well, I, you know, you have, you have tolerance for other people. You know, I, I had tossed around the word myself. And when I really started thinking about what it meant and comparing it to the word acceptance, I realized tolerance is merely putting up with something. <clears throat> Minimum allowance. Yes. Acceptance is more of opening up and it doesn't mean you have to agree it doesn't mean you right. have to believe the same as somebody else has, but it's accepting and opening up who that person is or what that goal is or, you know, whether it's a person, place or thing, you accept it because you recognize its value. Right. 
there's there's an there's there's value attached where there's can, not that value attached to tolerance. Tolerance is well, I could take it or leave it. I think you hit upon it exactly. It's it it's an indicator of value. And yeah, acceptance can be that has a value for you, not necessarily for me, all the way up to accepting it on both levels because it has a value for the speaker and and the uh Purveyor, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So and so, like I, you know, I, and I love you know Daryl's quote about the tolerance is giving every other human being the same rights you claim for yourself. Um, and and I think on on a foundational level that's true. But if it's acceptance, you're not only going to give them those rights, you're going to advocate. You're likely to advocate. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. more than just tolerating. Yeah. Adv yeah. Right. Tolerating is no advocacy. Right. It's, and so that's part of that minimum thing. Right. Yeah. And so when you think about um, the tolerance versus acceptance, acceptance, you're going to be more likely to embrace something or engage with something um and you do but you don't necessarily have to agree now i, I did see um and I, I brought this in um this is uh, a, a little list i saw and it's the act acceptance is the act or process of accepting or the state of being accepted or acceptable i just love people that put the words in the definition dropping yes but i did i didn't write this one um uh and then it says uh, favorable reception or approval and i think you can accept somebody even if or accept a concept even if you don't fully agree or approve but there is a level of acceptance that means you believe in it or you agree. So like, um, right, right. you know, if, if you accept the tenets of your church, then that would be, that would imply an agreement. Um, you know, I accept what the church says about X, Y, Z. Well, okay. Then of course you agree. But um, if I accept somebody for believing that a spaceship landed in their backyard and you know rather than you know calling them a nut or whatever and chances are i'd be the same one going yeah i saw it that was cool you know but that's a whole other story uh it's <laughs> right yeah exactly Take me to the mothership please but where the Go other home. neighbors might be you know going that dude's crazy i would be going accept him i think it's wonderful you know let's he's gonna get you there. outside of your box <laughs> yeah yeah mm -hmm. exactly yeah. um the other thing in in talking about acceptance versus tolerance um i often in in classes especially in when i was teaching english grammar and things like that um we would talk about prejudice because i would bring it to light in my classes because the community well, yeah. college that that, that <clears> i taught <throat> it was very um small rural community college and i would have students coming in from the different high schools in my classes and i thought if i can introduce 
different topics to them while still teaching them the required writing and reading skills that they need. Yeah. I, you know, I was constantly feeding them and they loved you gotta it. Have, you got to have subject matter to write about. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and it's like, okay, we're not going to stick with Romeo and Juliet here and, and that sort of, you know, <laughs> you know we're going to find some really exciting stuff. And, and I also wanted to bring things that were relevant. So we would talk about prejudice, you know, and I have black and white and Hispanic and, you know, all these different people in my class. And we would be talking about prejudice and it was awesome because it was like, Safe everybody space. it was safe yeah. space yes exactly level playing and, field and safe space yeah and and i pointed this out to them where i said you know that prejudice since we're talking about words and breaking down the prefixes and suffixes is pre-judging and it always surprised them they had never really thought about you know everybody says the word prejudice but, um, you know, the Latin, and I'm probably going to screw it up, prejudicium means, okay, is judgment in advance. It's pre-judgment. And, and when you look at that word that way, you know, there's lots of words that we just kind of slide off our tongue and don't really think about what do they really mean. Mm-hmm. And when you think about prejudice and you the realize origin. it's pre-judgment you're judging before you have adequate knowledge it's a learning curve in order to be accepting and tolerant pre-judging before uh adequate evidence to support that opinion and another yeah judgment you know opinion slash judgment yeah you're making a judgment without it without sufficient evidence or based yes. on circumstantial right yes or based on one side opinion and judgment based yeah. on an opinion which is very yeah. which is my granddaddy always said <laughs> didn't make him right <laughs> Granddaddy may have been old and he may have had some cute sayings, but it didn't make him right. <laughs> yeah, age yeah. Age will get you up there, but it's not a guarantee of wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> it'll get you up there, but it'll get you close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, but it's I not mean, a guarantee. It, yeah. And my grandfather said things I wouldn't dare repeat. <laughs> Iris, you met my grandfather, didn't you? Russell Spear? Yes, I think no. That was did he got. Did uncle. he die? I, no, did, I think he, he died before I met him. I knew okay. your. I knew David. Did you meet Mimi, my grandmother? David, uh -uh, David's mother. Okay, so you only met no, David. David was the only one that I ever saw. Okay. okay. All right. Yep. Yep. Well, but they, I yep. can only imagine from David what your grandparents were like. Mm, yeah, David was <laughs> my grandparents on steroids. <laughs> They were okay. along, they were along the same lines, but my uncle hyped it up to you know to the nineteen sixties level of intensity, All right? But my grandparents were uh, non traditional thinkers. They were very uh, anti prejudice, anti racism, oh, that's um, cool. classicism, elitism. They were hardcore against all of that. And if you look at the context of where they came from. They came from, um, one came from Ohio and one came from 
Massachusetts. So they were damn Yankees coming down to this little tiny river town called Madison uh, during the depression. So they were, yes. So they were very keenly aware of prejudice and racism and classism and elitism and cliques and so on like that. And they were agnostic people as well. So deep South, bunch of Baptists, small town, and these two Yankees come and buy the newspaper and think they're going to tell us what to do. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> so, yeah, quickly, these couple of 20-year-olds back in the day quickly, you know, got the lay of the land about, hmm, <laughs> you're on the other side now. Yeah. 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 So, um, but that, yeah, so David yeah. took it to the next level. David Spear hung out with Martin Luther King. And I didn't know mm-hmm. that. Yep. Cool. His uh one of his biographies. He did a biography of his parents that I'll I'll share with you sometime. Or I'll go hold it up to the camera or whatever. But uh <clears throat> it's in the other room. But uh mm-hmm. yeah, he did he was newspaper business, he was at civil rights marches interviewing people all the time. So interesting. My grandmother and Mimi. Mm-hmm. She was there during Tiananmen Square in China when the <gasps> tanks were rolling. She was in there as a reporter, senior citizen, but she got special permission and she got in there. And I've got a whole long story to tell you about what she actually did um, when no one was looking. <laughs> so you can see mm-hmm, David D- David's parents were my grandparents were not milk those people it, have you is it you've got everybody's curiosity at now can you not give us a little bit you know what this does tie into tolerance and acceptance um, if, if you're not familiar with Tiananmen Square uh, in China the there were just in a nutshell, some uh, university students were starting to protest the oppression by their government. And they started demonstrating in Tiananmen Square, which was a big open flat uh, plaza area that had outside of the Forbidden City, which is where the military and the country's um, people in control leadership were inside of, okay? There was a giant gate, huge wall for blocks and blocks around this giant plaza. And there were giant gates to to let from the Forbidden City, which is basically a temple and that opened out into there. All right, those gates stay shut all the time because Forbidden City means only certain people were allowed in. And the protest started and the students, sat down on the ground. They wouldn't leave. The police tried to disperse them. They wouldn't leave. They sat down. They had signs and they were sitting down along in in a square around this giant or rectangle around this giant rectangle plaza that goes on for blocks and blocks. Palace at one end, nothing at the other. They weren't listening. They weren't dispersing tanks. The U.S., the U.S., no, the Chinese government brought tanks in through the Forbidden City Gate. They opened the gates and sent out a whole line of Chinese tanks to, and 
this was on television. You could see this. Uh, it looked like it was an intimidation tactic. And there's a famous scene where one student actually came up and stood in front of the first tank and the tanks and the tank stopped and the tank started moving and the student just backed up and stopped. So the tank had to stop. And so there was a cat and mouse for a while in front of the camera where the tank, he was, he was, he had his arms out. He was saying, if you're going to roll over me, do it in front of international television, you lousy bastards. You know, it's basically what he was doing, but that didn't happen. I think eventually some police or something. So while that was going on, my grandmother was on a senior citizen tour group in China. Nobody knew this was going to happen. <laughs> okay. She happened to be there with a bunch of other senior citizens on tour. My grandfather was already dead. She was doing this with a bunch of other single, uh, single seniors. And their guides and their tour, tour group at their hotel got wind of the situation. They were in a hotel that was just a couple of blocks from Tiananmen Square. And they said, look, guys, you're Americans. Just to be blunt, it looks like the shit could hit the fan. We need to get you on airplanes and get you out of the country while we still can in case there is a national shutdown on all air transportation. Because we can't guarantee your safety if we go into uh, martial law, which it looks like it will. And so there was like 10 people in the group. And my grandmother was a lifetime journalist. She wanted to see what was going on. Her husband was deceased. Her grandchildren were grown up. She didn't owe anything to anybody anywhere. What did she have to lose? She said, I want to stay and I want to see what's going on and I will pay you to get me in there. And the guide was like, Madam, you're a senior citizen. You're a lady. I could never do that. You know, he was being Chinese polite. Yeah, Asian polite. Well, he was a host. And she, and she said, nope. You know, I don't have anything to lose. Come on, this is once in a lifetime history. Um, you know, if it happens, it happens. And a gentleman from the group who was also a tourist, her name was Mimi or Marion. He said, Mimi, I'm going to stay with you. I'll go with you if you want me to, um, if you'll allow me to. So she said, yeah, that would be nice. And so the tour guide got the two of them into Tiananmen Square quietly. They, uh, while you still could, some of the side doors. And while all eyes skipped forward, while all eyes were watching the tanks slowly come in to make their military show, my grandmother was um, walking. Remember, everybody else was sitting along the, the side, side by side. They had signs up in Chinese. Um, you know, saying what they wanted, you know, the, the political protests that they were doing. And the tent, she said you could cut the tension with a knife. Everybody knew that this was a pivotal moment, a pivotal day in Chinese history. They knew that they were changing the face and that it could all go to hell in a handbag really quick or be magnificently glorious or suddenly silenced like nothing ever happened. They knew it could go one of three ways. Everybody knew that. So what she did was she took advantage of two things. Little tiny old lady. She was about four feet 11. Little tiny innocuous little old harmless lady. 
obviously American. Okay, you can see it in her face. You know, short, she was in her 80s, all right? 70s, 80s, you know, so all white silver hair, tiny. And she walked slowly in front of all the students. They were sitting down and she walked very, very slowly in front of them. I got to stay. She had her hand, let's see if I can get it, like, like that, but down uh -huh. by her side, all right? Mm -hmm. Remember, she was short, so her hand down by her side is maybe about a foot and a half off the ground. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she said, and she talked really quietly as she walked, and she said, I'm an American journalist. I am an American journalist. I am an American journalist. And she kept saying it, and she said it slowly so that they could understand. Remember, these are university students. Most of them could understand English at some level. They figured out what she was doing. She she was very she was it was obvious she was being subtle with her hand, and they leaned in on each other and sent the word down the line really fast. They all got out little pieces of paper and they started writing down their names and who their parents were and what city they were in and their phone numbers because they knew they could die. And they were writing it on little pieces of paper. And when she got to them, they would stick it in her hand and she would dump it in her pocket and put her hand and leave her hand sitting out, hanging down by her side. And, you know, she would just, you know, stick yeah. it in her pocket. And she went by and got, and she got as far as she could. She said she got about 20 or 30 pieces of paper and she couldn't go any further and feel she was getting far away from her two companions, the the Chinese guide and the gentleman that stayed with her. And she came back. So she just came back and collected a few more from the beginning people that didn't get to yeah. do it. But these people were writing down their names. And she kept them. And she kept them. And uh, they were writing their parents' names. They knew. Yeah. And some of them did not come out. We know that now. Some of them did not. But we don't know who they were. But uh, you remember they had a Chinese guide. He could tell her what it said. He told her what they said. And she wrote, a, she wrote an article. She wrote a series of articles about it for the messenger. She was in retirement by then. You can probably dig it up. But she wrote, she wrote I think she wrote a three section, yeah, three, three phases, three weeks. I'm curious, did she do anything? Was she able to do anything with the names and stuff? Was she able to like to give it to the guide to make calls I in, or I was in grit probably. I was in grade school when this happened. Yeah. You can probably find those articles and find out what happened. Because she was a good writer, so you could see even more than what I just told you. Um, but I was in grade school. And my family was a little bit protective, so they would talk over my head or send me away. Go yeah, outside was... and go outside and play while we, while we do grown up talk. Yeah, you know, stuff wow. like that. So, yeah. and I cannot imagine being in that situation. Can you imagine the energy on those papers? 
she was not an energy worker. She was not, she was not a spiritual person either. However, we know damn well you could, she, she said that you could cut the tension with a knife. All right. So she was aware of the intensity of the situation and she was aware of the magnet, obviously the magnitude of what they were saying and writing and doing. But I don't know. I wish I could. I wish I could ask her. What did this? Yeah. <laughs> I know you're not a spiritual person, but where did this, you know, what, how, what did this mean to you on that level? Oh, and and she, could, she could talk. Her. She could get yeah, filled. She was very philosophical. She could, you know, easily have, have been philosophical about it. <clears throat> you know, maybe David, my uncle, her son, he might remember. Uh, well, just in, in my mind, I can, of course, you know me and my experiences with remote viewing. And it's like, bam, I'm there. And I'm just like. <laughs> but you know what? Remote viewing feels different from physically being there. Yeah. It's a different, it's still a different experience. And it's not it's, necessarily it's, more or less intense. It's just different. I, yeah. And I get a lot of. I just the the connection of of the energy from the people that wrote it and what they were feeling at the time and what they transferred to that paper. No and one being her, in her hands. Professional her knowing her professional um distance. Oh, um, I know, I know. She was and yeah. she, she wasn't a cuddly person. But okay? can you imagine if you could get hold of those papers right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Know, my mother is her daughter, and I've asked, and I've asked, do you know where those papers went? And my mother's like, no, I'm pretty sure my brother's got them, or they might be in a vault somewhere or whatever. Um, she didn't know, but my mother's a senior citizen too, at very advanced in age. So, yeah, I would love to. Yeah, I would love to get a hold of of those remnants. Those would be historical documents. That should be in a Chinese museum somewhere, in my opinion. Even if it's a Chinese embassy in, in California, you know, that sh in my opinion, that should be, you know, documented history. But I don't know. I have no idea who has them. I just know how they came to be. Yeah. 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 I just know that story. So, uh, so that. Thank you. You're welcome. That's that's somebody not using prejudice and fear at all. <laughs> to go be a witness to the progress of justice versus injustice versus obviously you know, classicism, pre you know, prejudice inside of a closed society at the time. This was in what the late seventies, early eighties. I think right around 1980, give or take. I don't have the exact year. Uh, if yeah. any of our viewers know, can look that up what year Tiananmen Square happened. Um, Daryl, says what what a true lady of courage and commitment to mankind you're blessed to know her yes <laughs> wow. oh yes oh yes um as businesslike oh. as she was obviously she was a humanitarian too yeah. yeah i looked up some i was gonna try to share a picture or something but all i can find is a famous tank picture where the guy go was in the road that, yeah, go ahead and throw that up because that might that might click a few memory bells um let me see wait a minute because all eyes were on him. The column of tanks leaving the square on June 5th, 1989. 
the day so it was after. 89. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that late. I thought it was back in the 70s. Um, it was in the 80s. Let me just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's. So I me. was. I was in college. I wasn't in school. I was in college. Okay. Wow. Wow. Um, and, and I'm, yeah, just to give. 1989, Lavonda. Yep. Yep. And so Iris is looking for a photograph from back in the day to see if we can see anything else about it. But uh, I think this also brings us, yeah, they would roll a few feet and he would stand there and back up. This gives you an idea how big the square was too. There's actually streetway, street lanes inside of it. That's how big that square was. But you can see tree shadows at the top left. So yeah. gives you an idea. But you know what, Iris, this ties into what you tied into during our pre-show discussion about what is fear versus grace. Yes. Yeah. Um, Fearful situation. The, yeah. There's in, in, in this book, which sort of sparked the whole thing for me. Um, he talks about, um, there's a, he talks about, first of all, how knowledge can can increase somebody's acceptance. Um, and, and he tells a story about um, knowing some people in another church, because like I said, he was a, uh, a minister, pastor, whatever, at, at a, a friend's church, friend's meeting. Um, and he said this other church, they were trying to decide whether or not to accept gay marriage and, you know, uh, to perform the ceremonies in their church. And the lead pastor there, she said, I know if we make one decision, people are going to leave the church. And if we make the other decision, people are going to leave, you know, we're going to, we're going to lose people no matter what. And it took them two years to make their final decision. And he mm -hmm. said, because of that, he, he found it interesting to watch the progress of their decision-making and, and how they went through different um, levels of, of discussion. And, and ultimately they approved to have the um, gay marriages, but he said um, fear and seriousness are almost always the enemies of grace. Fear seizes control and demands compliance. Grace shares power and trusts others to make their own moral decisions. Fear is somber, stern, and uninspiring. Grace is cheerful, joyful, and creative. Fear provides no room for error and is always in a hurry to have its way. Grace is expansive and gives us the time and space to learn and grow. And so when you think about pre prejudice and making quick decisions, and he said in their case, they took two years and ended up making the decision in favor of gay marriage and didn't lose anybody in the process because they thought people would quit the church. But that allowed grace to come in because the fear went away. And, and that's what a lot of, you know, in any time you've got prejudice, yeah, 
there's a lack of knowledge and there's a fear of something. Right. Unequivocally. Yes. Yeah. And so when you can take that away and he also, um, this was another, um, he says, uh, so often decisions made in haste don't allow proper time for our better angels to lend their voices. Bias and ignorance are always the first to raise their hands. Our first reactions are often strident, unthoughtful, and even uncaring, springing from our prejudices and prejudgments, untempered by consideration and compassion. Time tends to make us gracious. It gives us the opportunity to view a given situation from other angles and perspectives. And yeah, I just, so to, um, LaVonda said that is a beautiful quote. Could it be shared later on the Facebook page? Yeah, absolutely. I, can. I can, you know, and the easiest way for me to do that, I'll just take a picture of the pages, give the guy <laughs> credit and post them up. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I've got more stories about things my grandmother did. Happy to pepper it up and bring it in. Um, I've got Scarface in Chicago. I've oh got gosh. Sherwood Anderson in Paris. On and on and on. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to have to work grandma into the top yeah, of conversation. Yeah, oh, oh absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Marion yeah. Ander- Anderson, eventually Mimi Spear, had an interesting life for such a small town adulthood. <laughs> oh, wow. She yeah. really did. Her, her father was a famous person who was famous for shooting down prejudice by being one of the first American authors to widely and calmly write about homosexuality from within the person, in this case, it was a man, from within the man's own thoughts and feelings. And the reader experiences what the gay man thought and felt and struggled and suffered through with his conflicted socially conflicted feelings of ho- and who was around, that? around his homose- homosexuality that's sherwood anderson that's her father oh 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 okay yeah and wow. he, he hung out with some really weird cool people in paris during the 1920s which was a heyday for that stuff but there's backstory i can famous name william faulkner uh gertrude stein i can name drop all kinds of really interesting strange people if you know their backstory yeah <laughs> the, sh- the chicago <laughs> more cowbell <laughs> i love it but she went she went to school at the university of chicago uh during al capone days and she has a oh story. My God. and she had a story and i'll tell you about that one i'll save it for later that yeah, one, yeah. That one I tell around the campfires when we've all been drinking a little bit too much, and everybody's like, "Okay, who's got a story or a ghost story?" And I'm like, "I got one for you, <laughs> <laughs> and it's real." <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll be glad to share that, that with you guys. Yeah, that'd be. And awesome. then someday I'll tell you about this crazy crap that I've done. <laughs> but start from the beginning. Bring it yeah. on back around. Yes. Um, so, tolerance so and acceptance. Too, how does that tie into what's going on now? Yeah. Well, and and one of the things is, 
you know, again, we see people struggling and just butting heads and yeah. getting, and worries. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, and they fight. What are you really afraid of? What are you really prejudging that you can't accept? I mean, people are so quick to. Oh, you're Democrat. I'm going to quit following you. Oh, you're Republican. I'm going to quit being your friend. I'm, you know, and it's like or they get into name calling and belittling each other yeah, right, on, right and, online and say stuff that they would never say face to face. Yeah. And it's like, wow. stop that. Yeah. <laughs> you smack our little hands for typing. Like, what really? Are you, I know you're not that rude in person. What? <laughs> who are you and what'd you do with so-and-so you know yeah exactly it's like exactly. what kind of body snatcher are you did some 15 year old take over your keyboard and i know 15 year olds have more sense than that yeah. but, <laughs> yeah. but um I, I i think a lot of times um fear and we, intolerance are, are a little it, on the high side and and what is wrong with allowing somebody to be who they are, why? Okay, here's what it boils down to: right. when somebody is not self-accepting and they are self-critical, bingo, they're going to see what they don't like about themselves in other people because it's being presented to them. We've talked about mirroring in this program before, and it's being presented to them for them. Look at this and, and take notice <laughs> so that you can deal with it in yourself in someone else. First. And they're so, judgmental about it not recognizing that it's in themselves that they can't accept somebody else doing it either right yeah right and, and and then you know then you add a different skin tone to it or a different culture to it or uh a different sex to it you know male versus female versus trans versus whatever Cultural differences, nuts. Right? Yeah, people go bonkers. I mean, it's just like <laughs> that's the word I thought of too. Bonkers. And <laughs> <laughs> I was like, please stop. And 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 I think I yeah. was telling you the other day. One of the things that I've learned during this year of being sequestered and and all that, um, and, and getting more into my woo woo stuff. Yeah. For lack of a better word. That's good. Um, is how the energy that we have. I mean, okay, what is so cool is there's a thing called the Schumann resonance. Schumann Look resonance. Look it up. Yes, it is real. It is real. It is scientific. That's right. We've mentioned this before, but write the word because that's that's one of those crazy hair <laughs> German names. <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's see. Okay, <laughs> so crazy, one of those crazy. Uh, S S C. Okay. It's S C H M A N N. Schumann. There's a bunch of Germans in my family, <laughs> so I learned how to spell. All uh, let, let's see if this is it. Is and there is yes, that's it. Okay, Schumann resonance. There's a Schumann uh, resonance Facebook page. 
Yes. That, and there's also, but if you just look it up, there is a science page where something it explains it and it and it shows you a photograph of the resonance daily it i mean you can look and see what and, and what does it mean it of means the it's the yeah, yeah of the, of whole, the whole globe it is the energetic imprint the the energetic vibration, vibration of the earth okay of the earth and every single human living thing on it so right. there are spikes such as 911 caused a huge spike in the energy to go up and there are times when it goes down but there's patterns people go check it out and go yes. look at what's happening right now versus a year ago versus two years ago there's commentary and, left and right because it's off the and what's really cool is I, really and cool. I, I know margo's been involved in some of these too but um i've done a couple of like where they'd have these mass uh, meditations yeah to to bring love and peace and bring it up to the world and you go back and you look at what the schumann resonance was for that time and it's just you know you and they say that one person's positive energy mm -hmm. can affect up to five thousand people so you when can, you realize they, and they don't have to know about it yeah you don't have to confess anything just be it's just and, and look at yeah. look at your your grandmother in Tenement Square. You can cut the tension with a knife. Well, imagine <laughs> imagine going in one person, like the guy in front of the tanks, and going, "No, it's going to stop." And he had influence in that vibration at that time something yeah something moved him to make that statement and risk it all and yeah and so when we hey janine um so when we when we recognize that our energy whether we're sitting in our house by ourselves when we reach out through the ethers into our social media accounts or whatever we're putting something there that is going to affect everybody that sees it. And it's a vibration. Do you, want that to be, yeah, do you want it to be positive or do you want it to be negative? Um, and, and so acceptance and recognizing that you don't have to change somebody to affect their vibration. That's right. And you, and you don't have to believe what they believe or do what they do, but merely recognize and accept the being that other people are and that everybody is going through an individual life journey, but yet we're all in this together and that we share, you know, it's like this huge netting that the energy forms and we're bouncing off it like a trampoline <laughs> <laughs> you know it was spider web you know imagine a spider web and that bug hits it on the other side where the spider's sitting over here and it's going whoa i felt that Spiders can feel it. we can feel it yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we choose whether we're going to destroy and eat up our food or if we're going to cut them free <laughs> 
too big. Next one. Next one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Right, right. No, no, it worked great. Great. Yeah, choose your <laughs> battles kicks in right there. Yeah. So but yeah, those, uh, yes, acceptance and tolerance affect the Schumann residence, which is a representation of I shouldn't maybe not a representation. It is a uh, measurement. Yes, it's a yardstick of the energetic health of the human existence on, on planet earth and um, acceptance in whatever definition that you tolerate (laughs) (laughs) or accept. accept. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Yeah. It can be acceptance is I'm okay. You're okay. And it's, and it's also okay that we're different all the way to, I'm okay, you're okay, and we're a lot alike, and that's cool too. Either way, you got a win-win situation. You just got to get in that pool. You just got to make yeah. the leap into it. Move, like you said, in that beautiful kitchen ball. <laughs> I would rather cannonball it and just you know, rip the band-aid, boom, jump in and learn. Absolutely. Face it head on. I am a Chinese water sheep like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> and Zodiac, I am in there. <laughs> Scary thing. Like, like, look at that critter. <laughs> it's a weird one. Doesn't get a lot of traction in the water with the... <laughs> <laughs> that's true spread, spread out his little toes yeah <laughs> but uh definitely not knock it in head on and move like you said move from that quote that you brought in move from tolerance to acceptance as best as you can and the other side of what we talked about with grace and not fear yeah yes yeah that's beautiful. Thank you. Oh, honey, you started it. I just wrapped it up. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yes. you. Yeah. And and to to plug our next show. Uh yeah, this next one's gonna be fun. I mean, well, we, I enjoyed this one, don't get me wrong, but we're going out there and we're we're doing a flip. Um, we're going for a deep dive, y'all. <laughs> I'll 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 have it nicer on our little flyer, but it's sacred fucking swearing. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. This this stemmed from a conversation that Margot and I had, and it's like frequently our, <laughs> are four letter words part of your vernacular. Do you have a swear jar? Quit guilting yourself into changing your speech. Sure, there's a time and a place, but sometimes the shit fits. And so- <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, hundred so percent. We're gonna have fun with 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 swearing sacred, next week. Sacred swearing, sacred swearing. not just any yeah. swearing. Sacred swearing, and we'll talk right. about what that means next time. <laughs> yes. So, like, follow, subscribe, all Face- that good stuff. Facebook, yeah. YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. You can find yes. us all. Eyes of Indigo. And go to iriscarter.com and you'll find the um, 
the commentary. <laughs> well, yes, the yes. story and commentary written by Miss Iris herself, a wonderful writer. <laughs> uh, glad we're entertaining and. <laughs> I'm so glad like, to have our, our a great audience with us. Thank y'all so so you so are much. welcome. Thank yes, you, thank awesome. you, thank you, thank you, everyone. All right. Have a wonderful evening. We love you. Yes. Namaste. <laughs> thank you for joining the Eyes of Indigo with Iris Carter and Margot Ross Sears. Music is Arcadia by Kevin McLeod of Incomptech.com, licensed under Creative Commons. Visit our Facebook page for broadcast details, www.facebook.com slash eyesofindigo. Show is copyrighted 2021 by Iris Carter and Margot Ross Sears, all rights reserved.